Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. The Raptors, honestly, good effort, good fight. Uh, they were down the entire night, and uh, obviously that's not ideal, but Raptors make it a game, have a chance to tie it at the end there, down three points with a timeout with nine seconds, and uh, not not the most impressive play or execution, but... Raptors do get the inbound to Emmanuel quickly, who gets kind of like one of those ghost screens from Dennis Schroeder. It's one of the more popular plays now that you see a lot in today's league that you didn't see a lot in previous years where a guy would just come over and tap a guy on one side and then run through without actually screening, typically from a guard. You see this from the the Pacers, for example, a ton with like, uh, you know, Buddy Heald, for example, doing that. Um, And the idea is supposed to be can you fake them into a switch and create a moment of indecision and then attack that indecision? Um, unfortunately, there was no reaction from the Kings. They were like, okay, yeah, I'm getting tapped on the on the butt here. I'm just going to continue to guard my man. And quickly, uh, I think, went a little bit too early. I think he probably could have tried just a little bit, something more creative. But he just kind of just pulled up for three from well over 30 feet. It was super contested, and it hit nothing but backboard. And that effectively ended uh, the Raptors' push. But, look, I mean, look, they um, – I'll give the Raptors credit. They they were fighting uphill the entire game. Of course, some of that is their own doing for sure. Um, but they stuck with it in a game that was really tough. Um, and they didn't really give up. And, and whatever, there's not like a moral victory to this. But I, I do think that there were some good things that uh, the team was able to, to do – um, in this matchup, so I don't know what that was, uh, including some really good performances. I think Dennis Schroeder continues to be, you know, excellent coming off the bench. Uh, for the first half, he was kind of, I think he was the Raptors' best player in the first half, honestly. Um, but you know, he was pretty great throughout the course of this game, and uh, saw a lot of time closing out the matchup here tonight, and he deserved to. Uh, we saw. You know, a really nice performance from Jonte Porter in the second half. First half, he came in and, and you know, was not really doing too much uh, off the bench. But second half, was able to really make an impact, finish this game with 10 points, got his first uh, career uh, baskets, um, knocked down two threes as well, both picking and popping, which is great to see. Raptors have really needed uh, a spacing five, a small ball kind of five. And, you know, this is just one game, but, you know, hopefully there's something there because I do feel like the Raptors rotation, especially with one or two injuries right now to Otto Porter, to Gary Trent, it does look kind of short, right? Like it, when you start playing Jalen McDaniels in the first half, you're like, damn, like what is he actually giving us? Uh, why do we just have seven minutes of kind of nothing from this position? Um, you know, it's a sign of the Raptors not having great depth. And honestly, the Raptors just weren't playing attached defensively in the first half. I mean, Sacramento's got an elite offense, there's no doubt. Um, but, I mean, allowing 77 points, I don't even care about the inflation of, of today's game or, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, there's just, there's no excuse for that, you know? Um, the, the Kings kind of scored freely. First quarter, it was a lot of offensive rebounds, um, which... Uh, I suppose you're going to give up because Sabonis is such a physical presence, but also at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like the Raptors are small across the front line. You got Jakob, Scotty, and Pascal. Why can you not rebound better? But the Raptors gave up a ton of offensive rebounds to Sacramento. That's why Sacramento is able to take a 36-27 to lead. It felt like every single time the Kings got an offensive rebound, by the way, they were kicking it out and someone was draining a three. Then second quarter, I thought the Raptors bench actually brought some great energy. 
Um, you know, Chris Boucher, I thought had a really nice performance, you know, helping them push, 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 get you know, back into the game. The Raptors got as close as four points um, in the second quarter, but then a, a disastrous end to the half by the starters who, I don't know, they just kind of got really disconnected for a while there. But Keegan Murray popping free for three triples, uh, which was just a, a huge separating moment for the game. Gave Sacramento a big uh, cushion there. Malik Monk knocked down a three. Like Harrison Barnes knocked down a th- It was just a smattering of threes from the Kings, who made 21 of 38 from deep. And, of course, like the Raptors were not guarding the three ball well. But, I mean, still, like 21 of 38 is an uh, objectively a scorching hot night for any team. And Sacramento was able to use that three ball to bring a huge advantage uh, going into halftime. They were leading uh, by 20 points at halftime, 77 to 57. Now, look, I thought the Raptors could at least put pressure on the Kings. You know, they're not a strong defensive team by any means, and the Raptors were able to chip away. Third quarter, Raptors score 40 to 30 against the Kings, so they cut the lead in half at least, make it a 10-point game heading into uh, the fourth quarter, which is then manageable. And I thought the third quarter, you saw a lot of just – you know, um, Pascal getting into the paint, Scotty getting into the paint, Emmanuel quickly getting into the paint, and guys just able to consistently, um, you know, draw extra attention. And it helped, of course, that you got some great second unit performances. Dennis Schroeder came into the game early in the fourth in the third quarter. I think he checked into the game like nine minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, but I thought he was also able to make a great couple of great decisions going downhill. Chris Boucher was active on the glass. Second half, I thought the Raptors won more second chance opportunities. Uh, largely through the hustle of their bench. Jonte Porter coming in and giving them 10 points is a, a wonderful surprise, and hopefully he's able to continue this. Uh, but he gave the Raptors a bit of uh, you know offense there because in the first half, JaVale McGee was actually giving the, the Kings a boost. And it's like, look, if you're going to hold on to this rotation spot, if you're going to try to like go forward with it, you got to at least outplay JaVale McGee. Um, so it was great to see Jonte Porter, who look, look largely was unguarded for a lot of these sequences, but he's not on any scouting report. Like he's he's a two way player who's on the team right now uh, with very limited NBA experience, so there's not a book on him. Um, so I don't blame the Kings for sort of leaving him open, but you know he was able to knock those down. I mean, seeing your rap, uh, Raptors center knock down two threes in a game, like that's it's a really nice feeling. We haven't had that in a while, unless you really want to count the precious minutes at center. Uh, or Chris Boucher minutes at center, which, you know, I mean, not really, right? So, um, yeah, and then the Raptors gave themselves a chance. Fourth quarter, they were they were fighting. They were plugging away, plugging away. Uh, a couple sequences. I thought their defense finally turned up for the fourth quarter, the holding the Kings to uh, 26 points uh, until the intentional fouls at the end, which whatever, like they, they gave them another two points. Um, but, yeah, they, they held the Kings to 26 in the fourth quarter, which is a really good defensive um, performance relative to – what they were doing the rest of the game. And a lot of that was the Raptors essentially midway through the third quarter deciding to go more smaller. Um, Darko deciding whether that was because of foul trouble to Jacoperto, who ended up fouling out tonight uh, in 23 minutes, collected six fouls, um, or whether it was tactical, probably a bit of both. But Darko deciding to go smaller, putting a Scotty Barnes onto uh, DeMontis Sabonis, you know, putting a, you know, Chris Boucher under DeMontis Sabonis. You saw some Jonte Porter against DeMontis Sabonis. Just, like, basically not Jakob. Um, and I don't even think Jakob did a poor job on Sabonis. I thought he he fought him quite well and even took it to him a couple of times. Um, largely speaking, it was just he did foul out, which limited his time. But also at the same time, like, you know, there is uh, an opportunity where the Raptors can't switch nearly as well uh, when they have... Um, 
you know, Jakob out there. Like they can't switch that one five pick and roll that the Kings love to do, or even the dribble handoff actions with Sabonis handing it off to any guard. You can't really switch on that. And Sabonis is just great at crushing people on screens, great at pushing people around in the paint, great at sealing guys and holding guys. Like he's just like super super physical and creating space for all of Sacramento's guards to do their damage. So when you go smaller, you can just switch a lot more of those actions. And, of course, you give up the opportunity where Sabonis can then be more physical in the post. But I actually don't mind as much if Sabonis is, like, the primary scorer so much. I think where it hurts you is when he gets on the offensive glass, which, of course, when you switch a smaller guy onto him, you do need to fight even more uphill to get those rebounds. But you also need to cut off his assists. And he had 11 assists tonight and just picked the Raptors apart, triple-double for DeMontis. So... I think switching, you know, allow the Raptors at least keep the ball in front. You even saw towards the end of the game, Darko got pretty creative, putting Pascal Siakam on uh, De'Aaron Fox and, you know, switching some of those dribble handoffs, switching some of those, um, you know, uh, pick and roll actions that the Kings love to do. Um, and even the one-on-one sequences with Fox against, um, you know, Pascal. Pascal had one play where he Fox tried to get downhill, and Pascal shaded him the entire way, forced him to, you know, drive through the paint and then cut off his uh, move along the baseline, and Fox had to pass it out. Small things like that, I, I thought Pascal actually did quite well. Because at the start of the game, it was a totally different strategy. I mean, it was Jakob on Sabonis, but it wasn't quickly against uh, Fox, which is what you would maybe typically expect, you know, the point guard guarding the other point guard. Uh, and it's not like Quickly's bad defensively, um, but you saw Scotty Barnes start the game against uh, Fox, and I just think that Fox's foot speed was just a little bit too much for Scotty. It would beat him to spots, and then he would use his little twitchy fakes, and Scotty would jump on some of those and end up conceding fouls, et cetera, et cetera. It just didn't really feel like that was a great opportunity to play Scotty. Meanwhile, I think without when you have Scotty guarding the ball, like let's say you have Scotty guarding Fox, uh, for example, Scotty's like your second best rebounder. Um, behind Jakob, and if Jakob's contesting largely against Sabonis and he has to wrestle this man, um, you know, yeah, then you need somebody else to come over and crash. And of course, you want Pascal to do some of that. It's disappointing to see he only had four rebounds, but you also want to see Scotty come in and do that. And Scotty also only had four rebounds, but like, still, I, when you're guarding the perimeter like that, it's a little bit harder to, to crash in for the glass. It's also a little bit harder to help uh, and rotate, but honestly, the Raptors help rotations until the fourth quarter. They were all pretty, pretty substandard um but in any case you know Darko got creative and and there were good moments there and honestly if the Raptors when you look at a close game like this you do like regret a couple of plays that the Raptors missed like there was a the Raptors were down I believe five and Dennis got downhill dropped it off to Chris Boucher who got fouled by Sabonis because it was a two-on-one at the basket that actually fouled Sabonis out with about two minutes left and Chris Boucher still had an opportunity there for the layup to finish and one it doesn't finish and one, uh, and then all of a sudden he goes to foul line, only makes one of two. You know, like that's two points that you have left on the table in, in a game that was a five-point game. You had a give-and-go sequence with Dennis Schroeder um, getting a quick drive, getting downhill. He had a chance to finish an and one in that sequence, missed it. You know, he was upset with himself uh, while his teammates picked him up. Um, but then Dennis made two free throws. That's another uh, point that you have left on the table because you didn't hit the and one. So it's small things like that. I I really do feel like, um, you know, you do really, really regret not seeing those uh, after the game or, you know, after the result of the game. But still, like, Raptors fought hard enough, and and they got themselves into a good position. I mean, you still have to close the game, you know, trying to make a comeback against De'Aaron Fox, who is, like, one of the clutchest players in the league. Um, you know, he had a great drive getting downhill, fade away over both 
quickly and uh, Chris Boucher helping over just like a little leaning fadeaway, stopped on a dime lean. And, you know, he was uh, that was a massive shot. I believe that, yeah, that gave them a three-point uh, lead. And, and then the Raptors, you know, next time down – uh, were able to you know do a better job of not conceding that switch. Pascal and Chris Boucher was was the ones kind of corralling it. They threw a surprise double team at Darren Fox, uh, got him to rush his uh, drive, getting downhill, and then Boucher was there to to help uh, and block Fox. Um, you know, which kept it at a three point game, which was just uh, you know just in a a very very key time. Yeah, Fox's ISO jumper made the the lead for Sacramento five, and then Emmanuel quickly was able to get downhill to make it a three, and then Boucher was able to block it. And then yeah, I mean at that point it was just like okay, twenty seconds left. What do you do, right? And so first you know quickly tried to drive, you know try to bait his defender into like an up fake, and then try to like jump into him for a three point foul. There probably was some contact there, but also at the same time it's like uh, I don't know like it's it's a little bit difficult like you better be James Harden you know what I mean like for for, for to, to get that kind of call um you know luckily the Raptors were able to get the rebound Boucher was able to rebound it kick it back out and the Raptors were able to call timeout to draw up their final play but quickly was still talking to the officials afterwards um you know even walking towards the timeout about why didn't we get the call why didn't we get the call uh you know they head out uh, from that sequence though and they still have a chance and and that's where to me I'm just like look I, I don't even hate the play necessarily that much but it just shows to me that like you know first off they probably could have gotten a better shot than that or at least try to force some sort of switch I guess with Sabonis fouled out the Kings were able to put a scenario where they only had wings on the floor to defend a three-point lead maybe even with Sabonis in the game after a timeout they probably would have subbed them out anyway but in any case um, you would have loved to see um, just some kind of a better, more intricate action, or honestly, if quickly saw that the play wasn't going a little bit, you know, even try to shake and bake just a little bit more. Cause again, they ultimately created very, very little advantage, if nothing at all, honestly, on the final game uh, tying attempt. But again, like they, they fought uphill the entire game and you know, it, it, it was, a, it was a good, good effort by the team. Um, I, I thought that, uh, you know, the unsung heroes in this one were Dennis were guys like Chris Boucher, Jonte Porter, uh, I thought second half, Pascal, well, actually, even first half, I thought Pascal just consistently touched the paint uh, and was able to, you know, set up offense that way, whether that was, you know, through the nine assists, largely on kickouts, largely on finding cutters, or even just the one-on-one scoring the cuts around the basket, drawing fouls. I thought he did a decent job. The Kings obviously threw a bunch of double teams at him and stuff, so, you know, Pascal was able to play out of those, and, uh, you know, he had a bit of a slow start, but honestly, I think he finished, you know, stronger and stronger as the game went on, had a huge block against Fox, uh, in, in the fourth quarter, just like a, no, it was against Monk. It was a, it was a turnover by the Raptors. Monk got out in the break. Um, and Pascal like swatted him from behind chase down style. And Monk ended up pulling Pascal as he tried to run back up the court and Pascal fell over. And, and that actually gave the Raptors a, uh, you know, intentional foul, um, to stop the break, uh, to, 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 to get a free free throw off of that too. But, you know, I, I thought Pascal did well to touch the paint and, and create opportunities there. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, as the game went on, I thought Scotty really, really grew more into the game. There were certainly sequences where there was some sloppiness The five turnovers tonight. Some of those are really regrettable, like pretty simple, like post entry passes, for example, he would like overcook them and it would just run out of bounds. But at the same time, he was giving the Raptors some threes, four of eight from three today, uh, for Scotty, who was eight of 15 also knocked out a mid range jumper. I guess my only qualm with, with Scotty today, my only quibble, I suppose, is that he didn't get to the basket enough. 
um because it, it was a lot of a lot of his scoring off of jumpers and he got no free throws for example but honestly like um you know i i thought that uh the, the game just didn't really start out right like i really would have loved to see him um you know stashed on a wing for example and somebody else guard the ball this is the, the point of attack defense is, is something that's dark was gonna have to figure out every single game and i i mean i the, the game so far i mean whether it was against the Cavs, donovan mitchell it was scotty guarding donovan mitchell uh, against the Grizzlies, it was Scotty guarding Jaw, uh, at least until Dennis kind of took over that assignment midway through the game. This game, similar deal. Scotty was uh, starting out guarding Fox, then quickly, and uh, Dennis kind of took on that assignment, and eventually Pascal took on that assignment. Like, the fact that, you know, you've switched him off of your primary assignments, I think, suggests to me that Darko has not initially gotten the matchup correctly. Um, because I think that Scotty, again, whether that's when he's off ball, he can come over and rotate. Um, he can make steals and blocks and then he can rebound the ball and then push. I think that is ideally the best role that's most effective. Maybe you want to say that, okay, now that we've traded Scotty, we want to help, uh, or traded, um, OJ, we want to help Scotty develop as like a on ball defender. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I don't get the sense when I watch the Raptors that they're only trying to develop. Like, they're fully trying to win games. So if that's the case, do what is the best thing that can get you to win games, which in this case would not be to start, you know, essentially in a mismatch all the time, but on purpose. Um, So I would love to see that next adjustment by Darko. At least you saw midway through the game, though, which was nice to see. Uh, It was was a tricky game for R.J. Barrett. Um, You know, a lot of his drives, you know, were quite contested, and the Kings did a great job of protecting the rim against R.J.'s drives. He did knock down enough shots um, to to still make it efficient. I mean, 14 points on 4 of 8 shooting with two threes and 4-4 from the foul line is decent. And he, you know, didn't have a turnover tonight, but it just, like, there was a lot of empty sequences where he was driving to the basket, getting blocked, and then the Kings breaking the other way. And that's part of the reason why he was a minus 19 uh, in this game. Scotty, by the way, was a minus 21, was the lowest uh, in the game. Um, and then quickly, honestly, I think we're quickly, it, he's still uh, certainly, like, feeling out um, how and when to attack with this team. Um, it, it's not just, like, a plug-and-play. He's not an offense onto himself. You know, it's not like he traded for, like, James Harden, for example, you know. Um, he's not just getting his own offense all the time. You, you certainly get a sense that he could create his own offense, but there's still moments where he's not picking his spots and still little moments where you could definitely tell that this is a new player who's joined the team, you know, less than a week ago. Um, you, you see that, for example, he's running pick and roll with Jakob Pertl, and Jakob doesn't hold a screen long enough because he doesn't know when quickly he's going to go uh, and then ends up getting called for a moving screen. And I think that actually fouled Jakob out, by the way, in the fourth quarter. Um, you can see that quickly is driving sometimes in the lane, and, and a lot of his drives have en- ended up empty so far. Um, and I do think that this is where the more that you can give him a lob threat to play with, I think the better, because quickly it seems to pick up his dribble a little bit early. There's something that... Um, Friend of the program, Joe Wolfon, pointed out on Twitter today, so I want to give him credit for that. But quickly seems to pick up his dribble just a little bit too early sometimes. You know, doesn't like, want to keep it alive. I don't mind that he doesn't over dribble, but it also seems like at a certain points he feels like he's under dribbling, like he's only giving himself one dribble and then like you know while on a drive and then not just driving all the way to the basket. The, the strongest take that he had today uh, was you know at the very end of the game when he was able to get downhill. In a two-man action with Scotty Barnes, um, and he took it all into the basket and it got a finger roll, which was great. But there's a lot of like floaters, a lot of like jumping, and just like I don't know, is it is it? I don't know if he's afraid to get blocked or whatever. But 
still, when he makes these decisions to get downhill, like, I don't even mind some of the in-between game, but I also would love to see him mix it up while, like, okay, I'm going to dribble through the lane and, and see who comes out with me. Um, I'm going to, um, you know, take it all the way to the basket and then slow down a little bit because I do feel like he has an advantage sometimes, largely airborne. He's pretty athletic. He's not dunking the ball, but, you know, he's stretching and leaning his way there. Um, can you, like, lean into the contact a little bit? Because as a small guard, you're definitely going to need to draw some contact to, to even out the efficiency on your on your, uh, on your your drives, unless you're like Jaw or like Westbrook, for example. Um, you know, and of course, the three-point shot is going to be there. Like, I'm actually very comfortable with him taking 12 threes. Um, it wasn't a great attempt at the end, but still, like, that's going to be part of his game. I think the, the challenge right now is to get him to be more efficient from the two-point range. Because I think as a Raptor so far, two-point range, he can't be even above, like, 30, I think. I think it's actually quite low. And I think uh, that's obviously not going to stay like that. The Raptors just need to find more and more ways to get him going um, and also to space around him. It, it's going to be more of a challenge. I think for RJ, it's a little bit easier because he's largely catching and shooting. He's largely you know in transition, uh, off cuts and stuff like that. Um, for quickly, he's having to generate a lot more of his own offense and play more on the ball. And so that's naturally and, and a lot of pick and roll stuff. So that's naturally going to take uh, more and more practice and more and more reps. By the way, RJ had a beautiful cross-court dime out of the pick and roll, skip pass uh, to the opposite corner to Scotty for three. Uh, it happened in the first half. Kind of people forgot about it, but it was a really, really nice read. So, like, there were there were promising things. And, I, and, and again, if John Tay can give you this, uh, not 10 points in 13 minutes, like, but, like, if he can just be solid defensively and maybe occasionally space the floor and just be responsible as a pig, it's a, it's a huge help because the Raptors have a huge gap right now at backup center. Dennis continues to be excellent off the bench. There has not been one complaint of Dennis off the bench. Also, one thing that I really liked seeing, because, you know, Dennis's comments after the Pistons game, uh, you know, kind of, like, went everywhere about, you know, talking about the comparing the team culture in Toronto versus, like, the culture that took a lot of time to build in Germany. Um, and, you know, he talked about how much he wants the guys to play for each other and just, like, go to battle together. I like seeing him, you know, in the fourth quarter there after Pascal chased down Monk and Monk, you know, yanked his leg and pulled him over. After the play stopped and the officials called the foul, Chris Boucher and Dennis Schroeder sprinted from, you know, the front court all the way to the back court to make sure that they can pick up Pascal off the ground. And Pascal wasn't even cheesed or he wasn't even pissed. He was just kind of smiling about the whole thing. It was kind of funny to him. He made a great block. Um, but that's kind of what Dennis was talking about stuff exactly like that. And it, I think obviously like with anything else, the most important thing is to lead by example. So yeah, Dennis was great off the bench. It doesn't really have to get the threes to drop as much, but he's finding more spaces to drive. He was super aggressive with the drives in the first half. Um, and, and then, yeah, Chris, I mean, I, I don't mind Chris right now, especially playing as a four. Um, I think that it's, it's bring an element of help defense, uh, that I think the Raptors need. They need his energy. The Raptors are a little bit small right now, too. So, you know, I think for Chris to come in, of course, you're going to have to live with some of his mistakes. We all know who Chris Boucher is by now, but there's a good trade off. And the energy usually is more positive than some of the things he takes off the table with the mistakes. And my only thing is just like, he shouldn't be your last sub into the game. He shouldn't be your ninth man. Like, McDaniels came into the game before him, for example, was playing seven minutes and just did nothing with it. Like, stop, like, cutting Boucher's minutes off, man. Just, like, stick with him. Like, um, especially with the current group right now, he is absolutely one of your eight or nine best players when Gary's healthy. So just play him. Stop trying the other guys um, who largely aren't going to give you anything versus Chris, who almost always will do positive things for you with his hustles. So um, good effort. Just didn't get the win tonight. It's unfortunate. It's uh, 
it was it was it was a fun game to watch though. It was a fun game to follow, and uh, it's nothing really to get upset about. But uh, I'm sure people are still not particularly happy. Obviously, there's a big uh, string of speculation, largely driven by Sham Sarania of the Athletic, about the you know the Kings had you know gained some momentum on a potential trade for Pascal Siakam. And then you saw the videos uh, from the Kings reporters. In Sacramento, like, oh my god, Masai's here. Masai talking to Alvin Gentry, who I believe is in Sacramento's front office. And Bobby's there talking to Jordy Fernandez, who, uh, you know, obviously he's Team Canada head coach and one of the candidates uh, for the Raptors' uh, head coaching job. And, um, you know, the, yeah, I mean, after, like, literally two hours after Shams put out that report, he put out another report saying that, uh, you know, talks had stalled. And uh, so I was like, okay, what's... <laughs> What's really going on here? Obviously, the the idea was there, like maybe the Raptors do some sort of swap um, with Sacramento, maybe involving Keegan Murray as like the main piece coming back to Toronto and Pascal going the other way. Ironically, both guys kind of played each other to a standstill. Pascal, 18 points, uh, nine assists, four rebounds, two steals, a block, made more defensive plays, made more playmaking plays. Uh, obviously, Keegan Murray, uh, a fantastic shooter, uh, 18 points today, four, four from three, including that stretch there where he got super hot. Um, and 12 rebounds, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem like the Kings really want to give up Keegan Murray, and if you can't get Keegan Murray in this trade, um, then there's no point in trading with Sacramento. I do not want uh, Kevin Herter, who had 14 minutes off the bench and looked like nothing. Um, I do not really want Harrison Barnes, who had five threes today, and I still didn't really feel like he was a huge plus out there. Um, and Davion Mitchell, 11 minutes, uh, again, like just kind of nothing, you know what I mean? So, um yeah, I, I would look elsewhere if Keegan Murray's not involved. If Keegan Murray gets put on the table, then of course you're gonna have a much more substantive conversation about this. But still, I mean, he's he's a clear fan favorite. Like every time he hits the shot, you know, there's a call and response by the public announcer where uh, he goes Keegan, and the whole crowd yells Murray. Like it's hard to trade a guy like that, especially when he's super young. So uh, to wrap the show, your three stars from tonight's performance. Your first star, um, man, first star. It's, it's a little tricky on this one. Honestly, I think I might give the first start to Dennis. I thought Dennis played really well. 18 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, a block, 7 of 11 from the field, 32 minutes. Uh, made all 7 of his 2s, which is really good, uh, obviously. And then um, all 4 from 3, unfortunately. You know, obviously, those need to drop. He missed 1 or 2 in, in crunch time. But I thought Dennis was just a cool head, and, and um, you know, he's been thriving in that second unit role, which is not a surprise. Like Some people called this like literally when he got signed or even going to training camp. And it's not about who's right or wrong. It's just like I think there is validity in this because he's been successful as a coming off the bench. And when you compare this kind of bench guard production versus like what we've been getting from Gary or what we got from Malachi before the trade, like, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is awesome. You're actually getting a boost off the bench now as compared to before where you're kind of just like, you know, playing triage with minutes whenever you use reserves. Um, your second star in this performance, um, honestly... I'll give Chris some love here. Chris, 14 points, nine rebounds, a steal, a, an assist, a block. Um, yeah, made a lot of great plays. Uh, unfortunately, I wish he made more threes as well or converted some of his and ones at the end. But yeah, overall, I thought Chris did a great job. Just keep using him in the rotation, please. And then third star, you know, even though I think Pascal definitely played a better game than Jonte or Scotty played a better game than Jonte, uh, I'll give it to Jonte, man. Welcome to the team. 10 points, 13 minutes, three of four from the field, two of three from three, two of two from the foul line. Uh, his first career baskets as a Raptor. Um, and yeah, he look he looks solid. If we can get anything close to this on somewhat of a consistent level, all of a sudden the Raptors have one more rotation piece, 
which is pretty important when you only have like eight productive guys right now. Uh, so congrats to him. And then your Gerald Henderson award winner. That's going to go to the the fan sitting behind, uh, you know, <laughs> Matt Devlin and, and Alan Williams yelling, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. And then uh, just like ringing his um, cowbell like nonstop. I don't know. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, if you listen to the game on radio, I think you probably wouldn't have heard it as much. But when you watched it on the TV broadcast, I, I mean, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I think this man probably paid like hundreds of dollars. I mean, he, he was sitting courtside, so he definitely paid hundreds of dollars. It's not thousands of dollars. I don't know what the prices are in Sacramento. Let's say $1,000 to sit courtside with his wife, so that's 2000 bucks out of their pocket. And the whole game, he just yelled, yeah, baby. Like I'm not even kidding, like 500 times. So credit to this guy, um, whoever you are, just like, you just please stop doing it straight into the microphone. But uh, in any case... Uh, yeah, Sacramento's fans obviously are quite passionate. So um, that's us for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, yeah, I'll be back on Sunday to recap the Raptors' next game against the Golden State Warriors.